Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome one and all to the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. I need to be uh, very serious as we welcome in Anthony uh, Pusick to the fold here that we usually have the great EJ Raddick on Mondays. And full disclosure, I usually text him in the morning what time is good for you. And we're taping this at 1147 Eastern and I have not heard from him. And it's time to get going. So we'll, I don't want to do we'll it hope, now. We'll hopefully hook up with EJ a little bit later on uh, in the week. It, it's crazy. The holiday season, everything's kind of ass backwards with the schedule and all that but we're trying to make it work and hockey's working in some places and it's not in others anthony um let's start with where it's kind of working uh you know you get a little concerned about igor shesterkin get a little concerned about the rangers after they lost three of four yeah, and then cut they killed by toronto and give up seven goals and it's oh my god the earth is uh, falling apart but you know they uh they they, they get it together and uh, end up beating the Boston Bruins uh, in, a, in a pretty interesting game on Saturday night. So I guess all's well in Rangerland for you. Well, it's very interesting. You know, you've got David Pasternak and the hit on Lindgren and, and the exception that everybody took to that hit, which was a bad hit. But, you know, you can't call yourself pasta when Vincent Trocek is around because then nope. he's going to get upset because he's Italian. And then he scores the game-tying goal, and he scores the game-winning goal uh, in a game that uh, the Rangers had to have for multiple reasons, as you pointed out. They've been struggling. Um, it was a good game for Shesterkin. The Bruins only had 22 shots on goal, but uh, he looked pretty good. Uh, the one goal he gave up, um, I do believe, was a goal. Um, I-, I didn't think they would have won the challenge had they did challenge it, and they did. Um, but the penalty kills for both teams actually played great. I mean, Trocek scored in the third, but uh, it was much different from the first game these two teams played, and I think it speaks to the fact that if the Rangers can find ways to win multiple ways against good teams like the Bruins, they're going to be in good shape. Um, You want to build off of it, but I said on Friday they needed to get at least three points out of the weekend. They got four, so very impressive. You know, and then you you say, all right, well, they beat the Ducks, but then the Ducks turn around and beat the Devils last night, five to one. The thing that I took from that game is I just couldn't believe that Adam Henry never had a hat trick yeah that was kind of surprising um <laughs> and then he gets it against his old team which is fitting you know i i think we can't treat this like football where you live and die with every game there, there are going to be stinkers there are going to be moments where you know your team's just not there so don't try to figure it out too much play the whole game of well this team beat that team so that means this team will beat that team it, it, it's everybody's schedule is different everybody's got their injuries they have to deal with and you're just gonna have to live with sometimes your team's not going to show up you know and and you see that with Colorado like one minute they're like how the hell they lose that game and then they turn around and they'll rattle off five in a row Dallas is kind of the same way it seems like they either win six one or lose six one it's it's crazy i think there's a lot of teams and i put the rangers in this category as well that they know they're good 
They know they're a playoff team, and to expect them to be completely engaged every single night's not just going to happen. Isn't, isn't going to happen. But like with a team with the Devils or the Islanders, they really can't afford to have it happen because I don't know for a fact that they're playoff teams. I don't know for a fact that they're good. I think it's all a work in progress. So when I see the Islanders struggle at times, like they did the other night, and you kind of scratch your head, and then they rattle off four in a row, and you're like, everything's okay. Same with the Devils. They had a great Western swing. I'm sorry, you can't lose to the Ducks are on a long road trip. They're the worst team in the in the Pacific Division. They got passed by the San Jose Sharks. So I'll give the Rangers and the Bruins and the Vegas Golden Knights and the Avalanche and the Stars their pass on given nights. I, I don't know if I'm willing to give it to the Devils for last night. I think that's a bad loss. No, it is a bad loss. And I think that we are conditioned now, and it's only was one year, but the Bruins were so dominant last year in the regular season, and they were far and away the best team probably from the second week of the season on. And there really was no competition to them. Them, that we just think that that happens in this league. And as we know, Don, and we watch it more than anybody, uh, it doesn't happen all that often. Um, there's probably, f- in our top five, like we always have, like there's probably five to seven teams that can rotate within the top five within the next month or so, and they're going to have lulls. Uh, the Bruins are 5-3-2 and two in their last 10. The Rangers are 6-4-0 oh in their last 10. Colorado leading the Central, 4-4-2. Four, four Dallas, as you pointed out, 5-3-2. and two. There's nobody that's running away with anything anymore in any of these divisions. Um, and like you said, for a team like the Devils, who got off to a bad start, um, and yes, there were injuries, and with Heischer and Hughes, they look so much better, but you can't be losing 5-1 to one to the Ducks. And I know that we've said, I've said at least, that I I like this Ducks team. I think that they're kind of fun. Uh, they're 2-8-0 in their last 10. They have not been playing good hockey. Right. Um, and that's a game where not only you lose, you lose pretty bad on home ice um, against a former devil kind of doing all the uh, the dirty work. Alex Kalorn has four goals for that team now. That's a guy who needs to get going for the Ducks. But, you know, it's a bad loss. And again, it's it's the defense and the goaltending that's really keeping the Devils from from being one of the top teams. Yeah, and, and one of those teams that I'm not really sure how I feel about on any given night is to Toronto. And yeah. they've been they've been just, you know, they put up the seven spot against the Rangers, score, you know, seven against Pittsburgh. We'll get to the Penguins in a moment. But but are you ready? They're sitting there five points back of Boston with a game in hand, plus 16 goal differential among the best in the Eastern Conference. It's actually sitting just five goals less than Boston. And are you ready to put them as an elite team as a cup contender or do you still need to see more? I'm ready to put them up there just because, like I said, I think there's probably they're one of the five to seven. I think you rotate in and say on any given week they're one of the top five teams in hockey. Um, consistently inconsistent, I guess you could say that. Six, one, and three in their last ten, they're one of the best teams within the last ten games in the National Hockey League. But yeah, I, I'd say that first of all, with the offense, the firepower that they have, how can you not think they're a cup contender? It all comes down once again for them to the goaltending. Um, are they going to get the goaltending and the defense consistently on any given night? I would put Boston ahead of them, Vegas ahead of them, the Rangers ahead of them, even Vancouver, who've had their issues um, defending this year um, and lost to the Wild in a shootout on Saturday night. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I think you have to say in the East they're a contender. Yeah, and how about uh, Ronta clears waivers, sent down to the A. So here is the Carolina Hurricanes, who I have as my cup winner, right, And, and a perennial top of the Metropolitan Division, now find themselves... Poor goaltending. You know, Ajo was hurt, and, you know, he's come back and he, he's played well. 
but um, where, where, where do you where, where do we put them right now as a team that we know is good? We've seen them be good, but you know, right now there's a lot of work to do for them to be able to get up there in a very competitive, not just metropolitan division, but Eastern Conference. Yeah, I think they're a wild card team at best at the moment. That's the way they're playing. Their defense is not as good as it's been in years past. They've given up 100 goals this season. Uh, very uncharacteristic for a Rod Brindamore-led team. Ronta, as you said, cleared waivers because he has not been playing well. Um, so they're gonna have to they're gonna have to find it here. Ronta may have to find himself. I mean, we saw it with Devin Levy, who got sent down uh, to the minors and has been great since being called back up for Buffalo. Uh, maybe a reset for Ronta is a good thing. Uh, get get a little bit more. Get your confidence back. Get your confidence back in a in a lesser league or a league with less talented players, where you can kind of establish yourself again and see what happens. I mean, losing two nothing to the Caps in a shootout isn't bad. That's a good defensive game. But Aho scores in the second, and that's it. Um, they're not as deep as they've been in years past, or at least the depth hasn't been there for them uh, like it has been. Um, and I don't like their defense. I don't yeah. think their defense is very deep, um, and that's been a problem for them this year. Yeah, Ajo's only missed three games, but but and he, he's their best player. He's the, he's got their most goals. Oh, yeah. no he's got question. their most assists. He's got the, obviously, obviously their most points. So more from Natchez, you know, uh, the losing. Um, uh, losing not just Aho for those three games, Fetchnikov being out too is killing them. Oh yeah, you know. So let's. But everybody's got their injuries, right? Everybody's. You know, the Rangers have played without Heedle pretty much all season long. They've now been out without Kako for a while. They lost Fox for ten games, and you know. So so boo hoo. Like nobody's going to feel bad for you. As you just mentioned, Heeshear and Hughes missing time with the Devils. So you're going to have to fight through it. It's just that they don't have that stud. Offensive Correct. player. They're a team that really works with depth, and they there are some of their parts. So you lose one of those pieces for any length of time, it's going to kill them. And then if you're not getting the great goaltending, that's why you find yourself being 16, 12, and three. And uh, you know, on the outside looking in uh, of the division, the top of the division. Now they still have the first wild card. Uh, the Capitals are kind of creeping up on them, but but here's their problem: they played 31 games, Anthony. So Washington's got three games in hand. Detroit's got a game in hand. The Devils have two games in hand on them so they they're holding on to a playoff spot but in a couple of days they could be they could be third or fourth in the wild card yeah, they just simply have to play better, and you and you nailed it, Don. I think Aho can be a star. I think he's a very good player, uh, Svechnikov as well. But you've 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 pointed it out. Look at the teams uh, that are ahead of them in the standings. Um, you're taking a look at a team like the Rangers. Um, do they have a star? I think I, I think you could say Artemi Panarin is a star, no question about it. Uh, Philly's kind of built like Carolina, but they've got the goaltending this year. They've only given up 79 goals, and Carter Hart's played very well. Yes, um, we know the Islanders have Matt Barzell, but I don't know if he's at the echelon of Panarin or any of those guys. Um, Boston, we know they have Marchand. The Maple Leafs, you can name three guys. Marner, Nylander, Matthews. Uh, the Panthers have Kachuk and Barkov and others. Um, this is a team, as you said, relying on depth. And if the depth gets hurt or the depth is not producing it the way that they're expected to, you're going to have a season like this. And the East is pretty good this year. Um, look, at, look at the Island. We had the Islanders dead uh, in the East, and they are now one of the top three in the Metro, ahead of the Hurricanes with a game in hand. Right. Um, We've talked about the Capitals, but as you said, they're only a point behind them and three with three less games played. So all they need to do is win one of those games, and they're ahead of them. Uh, I like Detroit. I think Detroit's very good. Dylan Larkin's supposedly back in the lineup tonight for them. That's a big piece for them. That's a star, in my opinion. Um, 
for that team. And with Hughes and Heesh, you're now healthy. Um, they're only two points behind Carolina. You need your entire team to play well mm. if you're Carolina. I think Brendan Moore's a great coach. I don't think that there's anything more he could do other than coach them up the way he normally does. It's just the players that have to perform. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and you mentioned the Islanders. Uh, they they had that tough loss against Boston, that back and forth on Friday. Um, they eventually lose in overtime. Boston just will not go away. What did you think of the penalty? <sighs> hmm. Yeah, I know it was kind of borderline. Lambert didn't like it, obviously. No, I know. I I, I know. And it's just, it, again, it's just one of those things, right? I mean, I was... I got to see a lot of it because they were a half hour after the Rangers. Like they had the seven thirty start, the Rangers had the seven o'clock start. So I was I was on top of it. It's it's frustrating. I get it. I, I understand the frustration of it. But you know, you give well all that firepower. Geeky's the one that gets two goals on you, and you can't right. hold the lead. And um, but it was a good point to get, considering that it's against one of the best teams in the NHL. But then you don't accept it because then less than twenty four hours later, you go up to Montreal and you lay an egg. And you're down three nothing in the blink of an eye and lose the game five three. So that's not a game. You, you don't you don't want to walk away from those back to back games at one point. And then you like a Rangers, you want you would take the three, and they end up getting four. By the now, way, I forgot Boston Pasternak a, in my stars. By the way, my right. my apologies. He's a star as well. Well, yeah, absolutely. Now you go look at um, that's a tough turnaround for Boston. You say, well, the Rangers have the well, Rangers played at seven o'clock, finished off the Ducks rather easily. Uh, the Bruins were at seven thirty, had to go into the shootout, um, and so it was a longer game. They probably got into Boston a little bit later, and the Rangers were able to take advantage of it. But Vincent Trocheck is such an underrated player for them. So the Rangers are looking great. Islanders are still in pretty good shape. We'll see what happens with the Devils as far as locally is concerned. Now we didn't get a chance to talk about this at all. I was talking to um, Greg uh, Wyshynski at, at Madison Square Garden last Tuesday, and he was telling me about it, the, uh, the Connor McDavid-led skills competition. He wouldn't talk to you on email, though. That's it. What do you mean? Remember they, te- they took you off the email? Oh, that was just a whole misunderstanding. Um, I understand completely. Good. And by that, that, I mean, it actually stra- straightened it out for me. In case you missed it, ESPN wasn't See, that's emailing a good guy. me. But uh, Greg was able to, to straighten that out. But um, So Connor McDavid came up with the idea. It's, it's 12 skaters competing in the skills competition uh, in eight uh, in eight different categories. They the, the, they will uh, Each player will compete in four of the first six events that are listed, um, which is the fastest skater, hardest shot, stick handling, one-timer, passing challenge, and the accuracy. Uh, the other two are the... Um, the shootout and the obstacle course. So these 12 players will get a chance to compete for a million dollars. It's pretty cool. Connor McDavid's idea. It's cool. Uh, Here's what I like about it. All right. It seemed like it was a mob scene during the skills competition. You had so many different players, some players that were not invited to the All-Star game that would come to the skills competition. It just seemed like a mob scene. You're taking 12 players, so it's kind of easy to follow. Um, maybe it takes some teams out of it, but you're going you're to recognize all of these players. They're all going to be involved. 
Um, I don't know if it does anything for you know millionaires winning a million dollars. You know, it's like the kind of the same thing with the in season tournament. Oh, do you realize that each player on the winning team is going to get five hundred thousand dollars? All right, well, the milkman paying making sixty thousand dollars doesn't care that a millionaire is going to make a, a half a million dollars. I don't think anybody's going to care that you know Connor McDavid may win a million dollars. But maybe the players do. But that's the player, the but see, but that's that's why. And the same thing with the in season tournament. It's not to make the game more attractive for the fan. It's wanting to get players to participate in it. Now, I don't think the NHL had a participation problem with their skills competition, unlike nobody wanting to play in the slam dunk competition in the NBA. No, you're right. But I, I just think it, it what it what it does create is is a is a a very positive competitive atmosphere where there's a lot on the line for these players. So it's not going to be a mail in for them. They're really going to go at it and it's going to be fun again i don't know if any of this is fixable anthony the all-star game the skills competition i mean you're trying to kind of paint a turd in a lot of ways too right i mean it is what it is but i do like the fact a the nhl maybe more than any other sport is willing to try to improve on their nhl weekend in their all-star weekend and also the fact that they get the players involved i mean this is congress david the face of the nhl coming up with the idea so i think that's that's probably the biggest point is that that's how you're going to get people engaged in things that this is what hey what do the players want well one of the players came up with this idea and he's the best player in the nhl to boot so let's do it well i I, i'm when i grew up watching the skills comp i was most excited to watch chara because it seemed like every time that he did it the hardest shot that is he would break the record for the hardest shot ever recorded and that was exciting. And then when Char couldn't do it anymore, when he got a little older and he wasn't hitting the puck as hard as he used to, it took away from it a little bit because you're like, wow, Like I remember when Char would hit 110 and these guys are barely hitting 103. And this is like Ovechkin and Subban and, and right. Yossi, guys that like you know really can, can, can smash the puck. Um, I kind of like this. Um, it says it's going to be 12 NHL All-Stars. So, Don, if, you, if you'll indulge me here, who... Now, we don't know the All-Stars yet. Can we name, in our opinion, the top 12 players in the NHL? Because think about it. like I know it's McDavid's idea, and I'm not saying he's going to be in it every year, but let's face it. There's a good to fair chance, more often than not, that Conor right. McDavid's going to be in the All-Star game every year. So let's say that, obviously, in the inaugural year, and he's going to make the All-Star team. We got McDavid, right? Yes, we have So that's McDavid. one that's one of the 12. Yes. Dreisaitl, yes? Yes. Okay. So Dr. Dre. He's there as well. Yes, um, Jack Austin Hugh- Matthews, uh, Matthews, uh, Jack Hughes. Those, those, I would think those four definitely. Okay, and would Hughes. Be in. I All think right. we have to put Pasternak in there. Uh, Pasternak should go. Okay, and uh, Nathan McKinnon should go. McKinnon should go. Okay, that, now that, here's where we're gonna get six. tricky. Okay, do you put Panarin? No. Okay, no Panarin. We got to get somebody on. Now remember, this is All Star, right? Yeah. So it's not necessarily going to be the best twelve players of in the in the National Hockey League, but more often than not, they do make the All Star team. Yada yada yes. yada. I think we have to put one of the Canucks in there. One of them has to represent one of the best offense in the National Hockey League. Is it is it Quinn to add to the brother brother thing, or are we going with Pedersen? Are we going with Miller? Hmm. Let's table it then. Well, I mean, well, well, here's the thing: you're going to want some defenseman in there, right? You, you have to have one. To be a forward, so the, the or, or are they going to go Cal McCarr? Get in because he's a defenseman. Well, it's either Quinn Hughes or Cal McCarr, right? Well, well I was going to say Cal McCarr has got to go too, but you could probably want more than one. I would think you so probably McCarr, McCarr, and, and Hughes have to go. And let's go with Quinn Hughes. All, All right, right, let's so, do that. That's eight, right? That's eight. All right. All right. So who we um. 
See, this is this is what we do, folks. We workshop this on the fly. I told Don. No, that, no, this is this is what makes uh, this. I I find this to be fun. I think it's to fun. be able to do this. All right. Does so, a panther get there? Say again. Does a panther get there? Is Kachuk not having a great year? No. Per se, statistically, I don't disagree. Um, Let's go to the West. The West is the West. I always, I always miss. Not that I always miss the West. Interesting. So, all right. So you got like you, you look at the top. Vegas. There's got to be a Vegas. There's got to be a Golden Knight. Eichel. Sure, he's got he's got points in ten straight games, right? right. So he's actually playing well. So let's get Eichel in there. Got to have the Stanley Cup champion and the best team in the NHL this year represented. Yeah, be, be represented. Of course. Uh, now, do you want to go old school to have uh, Sidney Crosby there? He's having a great year. You know what? That's who I forgot. You know, I, I would think, I would think they'd want him yes. in it, especially but, but, the inaugural, because that's where it's going to get tricky. Right? right. Yeah. Yeah. Because first of all, he's having a great. It, this is not. We wouldn't be gifting it to him. They're not a great team. They're in a, they're a mess. But he's having a fun, phenomenal year. Crosby Kucherov has to be there. Point leader. Right. No? Yes. So we got Kucherov. Here's something that I think they so would how, do. What is that, 10 now? We got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. There's only one more spot. Hear me out on this, Don. And I know that people might roll their eyes, but MLB, who, who do you think I'm going to say? Ovechkin? No. Oh. Good point, though. Ooh. And this is where it might get tricky, where they might actually have to leave somebody out that I think should make it. Okay. You're going to probably want a legend, right? So... This is what they're going to do. Wherever it is, you have to have hometown representation. And we have that with Austin Matthews this year, and he should be there anyway. But every year there's going to be somebody from the hometown team, right? Mm -hmm. I think there's going to be one veteran, soon-to-be-retired guy that goes in, and this could be your last All-Star game, and this could be your final hurrah like they're doing with baseball now where they're putting in an all-star from both the AL and the NL. Right. That's like, you know what? You probably didn't have the greatest season, but let's, on the national stage, give you the send-off that you deserve, which is what they did with Pujols and Cabrera. Right. I think there has to be a rookie. And I think they're going to put Connor Bedard in this year. Yes. I don't disagree with so that. Let me, so, so you mean to tell me that you wouldn't watch... Now, this is something, Don, I know you're out. Not that you're out, but it's not something that you glue yourself to the television you absolutely have to watch. You'll catch the highlights, even though ESPN did a fantastic job last year. Yeah. And we did watch you and I. McDavid, Dreisaitl, Matthews, Jack Hughes, Pasternak, McKinnon, McCarr, Quinn Hughes, Jack Eichel, Sidney Crosby, Nikita Kucherov, Connor Bedard. You don't watch that All Star Skills Challenge? No, you're going to watch it. That's pretty. Just that's pretty awesome. Who, all right. Now, now the one complaint could be, well, you know, do you, do you really need to have two Oilers? Do you want to make sure that the twelve teams are represented instead of just eleven? And take, but I don't know how you take Drysaddle out, and I really don't know who we've left out. Maybe Panarin, maybe Panarin, maybe Panarin. You could say maybe Miko Rantanen, but it goes back to the well. You know what? We've already got McKinnon, so we're trying to keep it even here. Well, you know, you just go through the teams. Is there a Flyer? Is there an Islander? Again, we're talking about those guys that don't have the stars, but they have a good right. overall team. And I just sometimes don't think that Ovechkin deserves to go. He's only got five goals. Um, if they, they go, Stephen Stamkos being left out, but we already have Kucherov. If we go with what I said of this could be the last year thing, and they do a guy that knows this is his last year, and he made the All Star team. And they throw that in there. That's where I think we'll get the, well, you're not getting the top 12 players. And again, they may not have, these guys may not want to do it every year. But right, I, but, exactly. but it's impressive that we're fighting on this, Don, that there's enough talent in this league where we could say, I think that there would be more than 12 players that people will want to see. And I think showcasing the younger well, guys is important, too, for the newer fans that are just getting into the sport. 
Well, let's just say this, that uh, it's up for debate. So we'll be back with you on Wednesday if you want to discuss uh, who should go, who should not go and all that stuff. But let's close it out with some social media. Uh, I did not know if we were going to do this because I literally sent this out like 20 minutes ago. And I can't believe the reaction we got so quickly. So thank you to all the people out there listening. It does not take long for you to be able to to participate. Uh, Tony says, uh, thoughts on NHL going back to white sweaters at home. It was so sweet seeing the Rangers in blue in Boston Saturday night. I am so with you. I know they wanted to kind of honor the tradition of the NHL when they originally did it like 20 years ago because that's the way sweaters were back in the 40s and 50s that you wore the the darker jerseys at home. But all you end up seeing is white jerseys at home, right? So when you go to the Garden or you go to your see your favorite team play, all you're going to see is white jerseys from the other team. But don't you want to see, like when the Rangers come to town, the blue. When the Blackhawks come to town, it's the, it's the red. You know, um, I wish they would go back to it. Hard um, sell with the third jerseys? Because then are you, are you wearing the thirds on the road? I guess you can. There's nothing wrong with it. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong. Um, Rangers 2-0 in the New Jerseys, by the way. Uh, but, but you can have special nights where, okay, we're using the third jersey, and so we're going to wear a darker jersey at home. But but traditionally, just say that when you're not wearing a third jersey, where the Rangers 10 times are going to be wearing that jersey. So that leaves 31 other home games that they could be wearing their their whites. And uh, I would like to go back to it. Look, uh, to me, it's... got to put it in the binder, Anthony. Certainly not important enough for me to fight. If people want it, and a lot of people want it, I have no issue with it. Absolutely. That's fine. Uh, Jimmy Berger says, Carolina has been entirely average this season through 31 games and they have an even uh, goal differential to prove it at what point do you want to start uh would we start to wonder if this is what they are they have talent but do we see them turning it around uh, yeah uh because i think they are very very talented but I, I i tell you what i don't i don't feel good about them winning like i really thought this was going to be the year they were going to take the step forward past the quarter pole they've taken a step back so I don't know. Will they make a deal? Will they figure something out goaltending-wise? I think they're outstandingly well-coached, but I don't feel great about my pick that they're coming out of the Eastern Conference. I'm not going to completely give up on it, but I I think they're kind of showing you that they're not a cup contender through 31 games. I think that's for sure. Well, look, I've seen the top part of Kevin Weeks' head on my timeline very often recently. Right. And that can only mean one thing. He's hearing things, and when Kevin's hearing things, I think he's one of the best NHL insiders that there is, and luckily he's at our company. Um, the goalie market, he said, is going to start turning into a carousel, and there will be moves. I think the Ronta uh, send-down kind of indicates that. I believe um, the Kings put somebody on LTIR, uh, Phoenix Copley. Yeah. Um, so they're going to... And, and to him... Uh, to weeks, and this, he just tweeted this an hour ago, said that they're going to probably be looking for a number three type goalie. Now, that's not a big move, but once goalies start moving, yeah. more things start happening. Yeah. So, I I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to make a move. If if Carolina believes they're just a goalie away, I also think their defense needs some help. Um, Tony D'Angelo, uh, his pairing has not been good this year um, with whoever he's been paired with, um, and I, I, I trust that Rob Brindamore is a good enough coach where he can kind of coach that up and fix it, uh, but you can't fix bad goaltending. You could ask the uh, no. the Maple Leafs and the Oilers about that. Uh, no, it's going to burn you. So. 
It's going to burn you. And then the the Rangers sit with a backup goaltender 9-0-1. But I don't think he's going to be going anywhere. But Louis Domingue might end up someplace, the way things are going. So um, there's going to be definitely some goalie movement. Uh, To that end, Anthony says, can the Devils really be a true cup contender this year if they're defense and goaltending with their defense and goaltending tandem? No. There's a lot of reasons why I don't think they're a cup contender. Now, we've got a long way to go. We're still only in the middle of December, but they don't have the goaltending. They don't have the defense. They don't play consistent enough. They're 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 an outstanding team. They can score with the best of them, and they might be one of the more entertaining teams to watch. They're not a cup contender, Anthony. I think we. I think Anthony, and it's a great name, knows the answer to that question. Um, if you don't have the goaltending and you don't have the defense, there's a, it's very very hard to win a Stanley Cup. Um, I can't think of the last team that I wasn't all in on their both defense and goaltending. I know within the last couple of years, we've had goaltenders who you wouldn't consider to be top goaltenders, although Aiden Hill looks like he is this year. Yeah. Um, and that was his coming out party. Um, we've seen we've seen Colorado and uh, Kemper. That was his name was escaping me. I don't I don't think anybody's calling Darcy Kemper a top ten goaltender in the National no. Hockey League and, and and they managed to win, but they had Cal McCarr and a really, really good defense. Very so, good. So yeah. you need to have one or the other and you certainly and having both is great. Not having either, you're not gonna win a cup. Uh, Jacob says with twenty twenty three coming to a close, what are the three teams that should be the most concerned about missing the playoffs? Well, I didn't have them as a playoff team to begin with, but I I think Pittsburgh is in a lot of trouble. Yep. Uh, making the playoffs. So I would say that they're not going to make it. I'm assuming you're talking about teams that you thought were playoff teams that may not make it. Well, I think I think that there's concern about the Devils. I think they'll make it, but you know, we're 29 games in, they're they're outside. I, I think Tampa's gonna figure it out, Anthony. But yeah, you, know, you look at that. they've got the most games played, 32, um, 33 points. They're only a point out of a playoff spot, but everybody's got games in hand on them and and Vasilevsky has come back, so there's really no injury excuses. Um, I think Calgary has to be concerned in the West, in my opinion. Um, uh, are you out of the woods? I mean, like I said, Edmonton had their winning streak snap. They're playing better, but still. They're 8 and 2 in the last 10, and they're still five points out. That's, five how points back, That's how bad they were. That's how bad they were. Remember, they had as many wins as the Sharks in regulation at one point, which is crazy to think about. But Edmonton's in good shape because they've got two games in hand on Arizona, the second wild card. they got three games in hand on Nashville, the first wild card. Uh, Minnesota got a spurt with the the coaching change, but I don't think they're making it. So we gave you more than three, but I think there's a few teams that are in a bit of trouble. This is an interesting one from AZ Ranger. Hey, hey guys. I know this may not be a popular opinion, but I think that Heedle should consider retiring. The hit that gave him the latest concussion was barely anything at all and it looked like the opponent got the worst of it what are your thoughts well i don't know with concussions Uh, all i know is he doesn't seem like he's close he's skating on his own but this is a long time out anthony i I, listen i'm not going to sit there and say he needs to retire but i'm concerned about a when he's going to come back and b when he does come back how long before he gets hit again and then he's on the shelf so I would have major concerns about Philip Heedle's future with the Rangers in the NHL period. Well, look, Larry Brooks said it, I think, probably a week after it happened, that it was probably another concussion. I think it's his fourth or third within the last two to three years. Um, Look, we saw a promising young defenseman in Michael Sauer on the Rangers years ago. Get, it, get hit by Dion Phaneuf and his career was over. Um, and I thought he was going to be a staple of that defense for years to come with how good he played in his young career. Um, it's certainly scary. I think that's why you're not hearing so much from him or about him. I think the Rangers are playing this exactly the right way, being as careful as they can with a young player with with 
consistent head injuries now. Um, I can't say, I'm not a doctor, as you pointed out also, Don, but I do play one on TV, that we can say he has to retire. But I think that that has to be something that's being considered since he's just skating on his own, not taking any contact. I think they're being really careful with this, as they should. Yeah, I, I get, I, I get it. It just, it doesn't, doesn't feel good. And when no, he does come back, um, you, you will wonder, all right, when's, when's the next hit going to be? And we, listen, we've seen players recover from concussions, right? I mean, Daniel Briere was able to put together a career after he suffered a lot of concussions early. Uh, same with Sidney Crosby; he had concussions early, was able to overcome it. So there have been a lot of players that have been able to overcome it. And some haven't. You know, we've seen careers come to end. You know, Brett Lindros is one that comes to mind. There's a lot Brett, of huh? players. Um, Patrick Stefan, uh, another one that uh, never seemed to be able to recover. Uh, and had their careers cut short. So there's there's examples on both sides. Let's wait and see. But to just blanketly say he should retire, I won't go as far as that. But to be majorly concerned about it, I'm sure the Rangers are, and I think every one of their fans need to be. Agreed. And I think... Uh Let's close out with one more. What do you say? Why not? James says, hey, Don, the Islanders keep blowing third period leads, even though they are in good shape standing-wise in the Metro. They are getting giving extra points away. Will Lou make a change at head coach? Sir, if he didn't do it before, he's certainly not doing it now. They're no, playing I mean, much let, better. Let, again, uh, we told we talked about this earlier in the season, right, Anthony, that if, if Lou doesn't make a change, it speaks volumes to what he thinks this team is capable of doing. And... To me, I think Lou is looking at this and saying, I don't think this is a coaching problem. I think this is a talent problem. Now, talent also falls in his ballywick to make it better, but there's not a lot of room. Uh, there's not a lot of things that that franchise can do at this particular point. But if Lou thinks there's a trade, he'll make one. If he thinks a coaching change is necessary, he'll make one. He won three cups in Jersey with three different head coaches. He fired a coach with eight games left in the regular season, a Robbie Fatorik, replaced him with Larry, Brooke, uh, Larry uh, Robinson, one Stanley Cup. So he will have no problem making a change at coach. The longer he goes without one, he is telling you that he thinks the coaching is good enough. So right now we're we're way past the quarter pole. They're sitting in second place in the Metropolitan Division. I don't think Lane Lambert is on the hot seat. Now that could change in a week or two, you know, if they if they lose a bunch of games and fall out of it, but you know, we, we talked about it earlier that uh, they were way out of it and no coaching change was made. And that would have been an easy thing to do when the fans were chanting for it. But uh, trust in Lou when it comes to that stuff. He kind of knows what he's doing with the coaches. And I have a feeling he's going to stick with Lambert for a little while longer. Yeah, I mean, he's essentially been proven right by we were questioning whether or not they needed to make a change. And they've kind of turned it around seemingly doing nothing. It's not like they made a drastic move. No, they, to are call- they are. They're a nice team. Right. They're, they're a nice, but nice teams don't win cups. Nice teams kind of bounce from second in their division down to like the fifth wild card. That's kind of what nice teams do. Yeah. You know, nice teams have nice weeks and nice teams have bad weeks. Now, we'll see if this loss to Boston, blowing another third-period lead, and the no-show in Montreal is the start of another swoon, you know, that'll drop them out of the playoffs. So, uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, but um, right now, I would think, especially getting closer to the holidays here, that nothing will happen with, um, I think, any coaching changes, but specifically with the Islanders until we get uh, deeper into January. All right, this was fun. I did, during the podcast, hear from EJ. He says, I can do it now. 
but we moved on. So maybe we'll have EJ on Wednesday. I said That's troubling. If we can do that, but uh, all's good. Anthony and I had it handled, and thanks for everybody chiming in at late notice with the uh, social media. We really appreciate that. At Don LaGreca, at um, Anthony Pusick, hashtag game misconduct is the way that we do that. So let's try this again on Wednesday, Anthony. Let's do it, Don. All right, we'll talk to you again on Wednesday. This was the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.